the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, Little Rock and all points beyond. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick, who's uh, out on personal business this morning. I am a previous uh, insurance commissioner for the state of Arkansas. I am a former state representative, uh, justice of the peace. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've also spent a lot of time running my own business as an insurance agent. But today I am filling in for Dave Ellswick alongside my uh, my soul sister, Heidi Soul. Yes, we've we've talked about she's never heard that before and uh, um, trying to run the, the station somewhere close to what Dave would do. Nobody does it better than Dave, but we're doing our best this morning. Um, we will have uh, later on in the morning at 730, we'll have uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor, former Congressman Tim Griffin with us uh, to talk about um, all the things that he's doing. And at the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to have the car and truck guys here so that you can call in and talk about what's going on with your car or your truck, and uh, they can solve those problems, hopefully save you some money. But right now on the live line, we have uh, another congressman, Congressman French Hill. He is a um, uh, congressman of the 2nd Congressional District here in uh, uh, the Little Rock area, Central Arkansas, and uh, is going to talk to us about all the things that he's been doing and all the things going on in Washington and and uh, all the frustration that he's been having to, to deal with as a congressman. Congressman Hill, are you with us this morning? Good morning, Alan. Great to be with you and good to hear your voice, my old friend. Yes, sir. Yeah, Congressman Hill and I go, go back a ways. So, Congressman, um, uh, let's just jump right in. How are we going to reopen the economy? Well, that's the good news is that our governors are reopening the economy across the country. And you saw that last week with a surprise, a positive surprise, some bright news in a very troubled week when we had two and a half million jobs added in May uh, and the unemployment rate fell. And this was a reversal of March and April's dismal, dismal numbers that have rivaled the Great Depression. So, I think a lot of analysts um, uh, took last week as perhaps the turn where we'll begin to see the economy claw back from the coronavirus. I certainly hope that's the case. And uh, in Congress, uh, the view is let's see if that trend continues and that will allow us to tailor uh, and look for gaps in what Congress needs to do to help the American business community relaunch well very good uh so uh you feel like we're on the upswing 
I think we've started that upswing. <clears throat> I've still got concerns, Alan, about different aspects of our economy, like uh, travel uh, is think about the impact on our airlines where they lost uh, 95% of their business in a week. Yeah. Uh, airline travel got down to 70,000 people a day. A normal day going through TSA is 2 million people are cleared by TSA every day on a typical business day in America, and it got down to 71,000. So I'm worried about our hotel owners and the travel industry, something we have to keep an eye on. Uh, and restaurants can't be profitable, as you know, well know, uh, being a right. great business person with uh, small uh, occupancy. So right. we have to get the economy open and get people back to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's not just the airlines. And like you said, the hotels, the airlines, the, the cruise ship industry, uh, they're probably all in dry dock right now. Um, the uh, uh, But the upside is always try to find a positive in that um, when we do start traveling well again, um, gas prices are so low, it, the, the airline tickets should be quite a bit less than what they have been. Yeah, the airlines have great specials. I mean, if you've got something planned for this fall, I noticed uh, you can book those flights now at a tremendous uh, discount. So they're doing everything they can to build business back. I've traveled, of course, because I have to go back to Washington to vote. Uh, people, are, <clears throat> people are wearing masks. Uh, they do a fantastic job making people feel comfortable and keeping the cabin clean. And uh, so they're doing a great job. And look, part of the reason we got that two and a half million uh, job rebound last week so encouraging was the fact that uh, the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program that Congress passed uh, in March as a part of the CARES Act, was a big part of that because it allowed uh, employees to stay connected to their job. And if you look at these jobless claims, and we've got 40 million people across the country have filed a jobless claim, but 80% of those, 80% of those are furloughed, meaning they're working fewer hours or they're just furloughed from an existing job. They were not terminated. They were not laid off. So that also is an encouraging sign that as business reopens, orders are booked, uh, that you can see some of those uh, furloughed workers uh, get back to work. Uh, a great example of the automotive industry said they were reopening plants last week in response to low inventories. And you see that in pockets around the country. So uh, we have to uh, uh, pray for that recovery to continue apace. Yes, sir. I couldn't agree more. Well, I've got a son-in-law in the car business. He, he's a uh, manager of a, a, a new car lot, um, Chevrolet lot. And his biggest issue right now is he's got nothing to sell. Uh, they've right. sold all the cars on their lot that, that's, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out some way to, to stay in business and uh, keep those incomes coming in um, because the, the, the plants have shut down for a period of time. And they're just now trying to get retooled and, and back up to running again. Um, so it's, it's, it's a struggle. It is a struggle and that's why it's going to be slow. And that's why I think Congress and the federal reserve have to be watching very, very closely. If there's some gap that we need to fill the federal reserve, uh, and the treasury again, with Congress's, uh, approval back in March have unprecedented amounts of money that they can spend to support solvent, 
companies and firms that are going to make it through uh, this gap, bridging this. Uh, and I think your example of, of the automotive industry is a classic, uh, bridging that gap between restarting production and people coming back to work and people coming back to the car lot. And it's not a permanent condition, uh, but people have to sometimes have bridge financing to get over uh, that sort of several week gap between new cars being brought to the lot and people coming back. Right. Well, yes, I, I absolutely agree. That's just, uh, um, and, and I think they have applied for some of that, that assistance and, and helping them get past that gap. Well, let's, um, let's dive into, uh, um, the scariest thing I've ever heard of and, uh, defunding the police. Um, how does, how does Congress feel about that? Well, there are radical elements uh, in the Democratic Party that um, had taken advantage of what was a horrific uh, murder in Minneapolis, Uh obviously a bad cop, a bad apple. And you can argue there are too many bad cops across the country, and that may well be, and they all need to be adjudicated uh, in their Uh local jurisdictions, and those police chiefs, police boards, and city councils uh, had uh, held accountable that they have a safe, positive uh, policing environment in their local community. Nobody disputes that. And certainly, we all recognize the First Amendment right to be out there and protesting for justice and protesting against uh, non-proportionate police brutality and the use of too much force? Absolutely. And we are all standing in solidarity with the ability to safely and peacefully (laughs) protest. So what's happened is we've had radical elements connected to um, the Democratic Party and left-wing organizations in the country uh, step up and start demanding defunding the police, ending the police department's And this is a companion argument, Alan, to what you've seen in New York, which is to start letting people out of jail. Oh, my Uh, goodness, yes. And also not prosecuting people, not prosecuting people for certain kinds of uh, offenses and uh, not making arrests. Uh, And so this toxic environment is spreading across the country, and a lot of naive uh, people are, are swept up in this idea of defund the police. What would make minority communities uh, even worse off and less safe, majority communities worse off, less safe, than to not have uh, good community policing with high-quality officers when we know that 99% of our officers are high-quality, work hard, putting themselves at risk every day to protect our communities. Defunding the police would not improve training. Defunding the police uh, would not uh, bring us a safer community. So right. I think these arguments are way off base and they're, they scare people. Right. Well, I can't see, see a better example of an overreaction. Um, I mean, as a, as a, a legislator, as a, uh, insurance commissioner, as a, you know, a, a, um, a regulator, I, we see bad actors in every walk of life, in every type of business, whether it's government or it's uh, uh, a private sector, there's always somebody who thinks they've found a, a loophole that they can exploit to, um, to, to get what they want. 
And then there are those folks who just flat out make mistakes. And uh, but but an overreaction doesn't doesn't help anyone. Just um, my observation. I agree uh, completely. We saw this in 2018 with the demand to uh, uh, terminate ICE, the Immigration and Custom Enforcement Agency, get rid of it. We don't right. need that. And yet, since the 19th century, they've attempted to keep Americans safe by removing criminal uh, aliens, particularly those with violent felonies, out of the country. It's just a normal law enforcement process. But the far left in this country apparently doesn't believe in strict law enforcement. They want, uh, I, I don't know what, I actually don't know what the objective is, honestly, besides uh, potential anarchy. Right. So I think every right-thinking person <clears throat> needs to look askance at uh, things like defund the police, and that doesn't honor uh, George Floyd's memory or the need to get rid of cops that are bad or to improve city council oversight of police departments or find police chiefs that are competent. I heard a, a great talk the other night on television, the African-American police chief in Detroit. He just gave a passionate view uh, that made complete sense to me. You don't defund the police to make people safer, uh, and you run a police department that doesn't allow bad apples to uh, right. stay in. And so that just made complete yeah. sense to me. More of a management and training issue. Well, we're about uh, ready to take a break. Uh, hold on for us, uh, Congressman Hill. We'll be right back. Uh, this is the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Alan Kerr filling in for Dave. Come right back uh, after the break. Good morning. This is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick. Um, and Dave is uh, out today uh, doing some personal business. Um, I'm here with Heidi Soul, my engineer. And um, we have uh, Congressman French Hill, the second congressional district congressman, on the line. Uh, congressman, we were uh, we were talking about the, the recent happenings in in uh, in the country. Uh, is is Congress uh, in session right now? Well, isn't that a good question, Alan? Because <laughs> the House of Representatives under Nancy Pelosi has not really been working for weeks. The Senate, my goodness, uh, has come back and been in regular sessions uh, each week or every other week to consider legislation. But Nancy Pelosi says that we don't have to be in Washington; that it's unsafe. So I, I don't have the guts when I go into Craftco or Home Depot or Kroger or another store or wave at the UPS driver to say, gosh, you guys are out making sure we have food to eat, things delivered to our home, construction done. Uh, and I'm sorry, we're not able to go to Washington to do our job in the House. Uh, she actually jammed through a rule on a Democratic vote that we could declare a quorum through proxy on the House floor to vote, something that's never been done in the history of the country. And I joined a lawsuit in federal court in Washington opposed to this because in the Constitution, in Article One, why each house gets to make its own rules and each house gets to determine uh, what constitutes a quorum, it was clear in the Constitution that uh, the founders wanted the, the, the members to assemble to be present physically in the House chamber to conduct business. Well, it sounds like to me she's just kind of making stuff up as she goes along to uh, to suit her own her own schedule. Uh, 
Um, hey, well, she can't keep it. I mean, yesterday she said we or last week we weren't going to be in session during June uh, until June 30th. She thought it was safe then. Then we got an email yesterday saying, no, 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 we're back in session on June 23rd, and we're going to be in session on June 29th. So uh, we don't know what kind of leadership we get from the House Democrats other than disorganized and unfocused. Uh, and that's, I guess, par for the course. But it's frustrating to all of us who want to be collaborating with our colleagues and you can't do it on a Zoom meeting. You can't do this over a telephone. You've been a legislature. Right. You know how important it is to collaborate with your colleagues. And some of that's done informally uh, yes. in the in the aisles of the House chamber or in the committee work or right. in the hallway or over a sandwich. And right. that's really deteriorated under Nancy Pelosi's leadership. Well, I've I've always noticed that there's more legislation decided over lunch than than over committee. So, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Well, I mean, she's had time to uh, to go to 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 rallies and 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 things like that. Um, I, I was just, you know, uh, very she disappointed. Condemned, yeah, she, she she's quick to condemn uh, that we can't go work safely in the House with the best staff and the best physicians and the best Capitol Police in the world, but she will go down and stand in a rally full of people without with, with no masks on. She has a mask on, but surrounded by people with, uh, without masks that are putting the country at risk, if you follow her uh, logic. Uh, so uh, it, it's very frustrating. Uh, there are 435 members in the House of Representatives. And we can't all divide up into small little text groups and try to collaborate that way. It's right. completely impractical. I completely understand. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Congressman French Hill. Uh, this is Congressman French Hill, the 2nd District of Arkansas, doing a fantastic job. Thank you, Congressman, for being on the show today. Alan, thanks for having me. Thanks for your absolute outstanding public service as a JP, as a House member, as our insurance commissioner. Thanks for filling in for our good friend Dave, and we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, this is Alan Kerr filling in for Dave Ellswick. If you missed any of the show today, you can always go to listen to Dave Ellswick's show podcast at 1011fmtheanswer.com or rewatch today's show on the 1011fm The Answer Facebook page. We are uh, going to take a uh, a break for the news and uh, traffic and stay tuned we've got tim griffin coming on the next half hour